Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Fizzle Show. I'm your host, Corbett Barr, and this is our podcast about earning a living independently doing something you love. And I have the perfect person today to talk about that because we're joined by Jen Rayo from The Fizzle Team. Jen has been on the team for quite a while. She was a Fizzle member to begin with, and I love talking with Jen because she gets to see what Fizzle members are struggling with, but at the same time, she's also going through all of this herself, being one of these magical small business owners like the rest of us and hopefully like you listening at home. So Jen, thanks so much for being our co-host slash guest today. Hi Corbett, it's so great to be back on the show. Yeah, it's been a little while. We've uh, had a nice run of interviewing people, but it's always fun to bring it back home. And I wanted to talk to you today specifically because you're one of these unique businesses and we'll get into all of this. We're gonna dive deep into the world of Clear Your Life but you're one of these businesses that is part online, part offline. And I've watched as you've kind of evolved over the years. So we're going to dive into all that because I know you've had some breakthroughs recently, which is really exciting. But before we get into that, we haven't talked about Fizzle in quite a while either. And things have been just going really well from my perspective. And one of the things that we keep talking about whenever you and I have a chance to catch up is just how great our Fizzle Friday sessions have been. You want to explain to people what that is and why we've been loving it so much recently? Sure. So Fizzle Fridays are a part of everyone's Fizzle membership, and it's a group coaching call on Zoom. And it's really interesting because it ebbs and flows, but every once in a while, we get this core group of members that really show up week after week. And we're just in this incredible zone right now with honestly some of the nicest, most supportive and committed entrepreneurs that we've had regularly on these calls for a while. So the Fizzle Fridays, you can come on and ask a question. Some of our members just give updates, but it's just this chance each week to check in. And then if you have a question or someone needs to vent, they can. But it's just about showing up in the community, knowing that you have support, seeing familiar faces, and then also having to be a check post. So you're like, okay, yes, I am actually doing things because sometimes you could just work and work and feel like it's never ending. So it's nice to have that goal post week after week. So shout out to our current Fizzle Friday crew. You know who you are. I absolutely adore you. I just finished a call with you about an hour ago and it was fantastic. It's sort of part helping people get over hurdles. It's also part accountability. It's a little bit kumbaya sometimes, which can be a really good thing, I think. That's one of the things that you and I like so much. And sometimes people show up and they haven't accomplished a lot in a couple of weeks. And that's okay too. You know, they let us know. Other people are building new podcasts or YouTube channels or out there like kicking butt and getting like big client contracts and stuff. And there's just all kinds of fun things going on, people at different levels. But everybody, like you said, is just so supportive. We haven't had like this kind of energy in a while and the calls go pretty long and people come and go as they need to, but it's just been fun and uplifting for us as the Fizzle team. And you brought up a really great point because there's the umbrella that we're all under trying to or building businesses that we care about, but everyone's doing such different things. And so you get to learn so much through osmosis. And I know that we're all getting ideas from each other, whether or not we're in the same niche or not. It's really neat to see. 
And just in case people are listening to this and they aren't familiar with Fizzle or it's been a while or maybe they were in before and they haven't been for a while, Fizzle Friday is just, that's what we call our weekly Friday coaching calls. They're at the same time every week, super casual, easy for you to show up. Some people just listen. Some people participate. Some people bring like a checklist that they're ready with every week. They're like, okay, here's my updates for the week and they let us know and then we'll dig into one of the things that they're working on. But that's just one part of Fizzle, this weekly coaching call. And if that's all it was, I think a lot of people would be happy. But in addition to that, you're getting a bunch of other stuff and it's all for $39 a month. In your first month, you can get for just a dollar anytime, head to fizzle.co. But along with the coaching that people get, they also get access to our community. And a lot of times the conversations that we have on Fizzle Friday are an extension of something that people were talking about in the community during the week, which is super fun. Or sometimes the Fizzle Friday conversations spill back over into the community and continue there, which is awesome. And then on top of all that, you're getting hours and hours of courses on everything from talking to customers to figuring out what your niche should be to building your content marketing engine, all that sort of stuff. And then that's all backed by what we call the Fizzle Roadmap, which is this step-by-step paint-by-numbers approach. And, you know, it's interesting because you joined back in 2017, right? I did. And what I love about business is we've talked about this before. It's this thing that you can describe really easily, right? It's building something that people want and then charging something that they're willing to pay, right? And that's it. But it can just take years and years. And so we laid out the Fizzle Roadmap and it kind of starts at the very beginning when maybe you don't even know what you want to do for a business and it walks you through the whole thing. And we've seen people can be on this journey for years and years. And we all want things to happen like overnight. And it's great when they do. And for some people, you know, things take off really quickly. Maybe you hit a plateau later, or maybe your plateau is like right in the very beginning. And all of us go through this. You know, I've been on this journey for 15 years now, and it's always ebbing and flowing and, you know, hitting plateaus and having these moments of growth and so on. But this kind of segues nicely into your journey, Jen. So should we start with where you were, like when you came to Fizzle and kind of go over the past few years and what that evolution has been like. Sure. So when I joined Fizzle, I was still full-time in my district manager position with a local chain of coffee houses in Ottawa, Ontario. And it was full-time, full-on. I had a lot of responsibilities, but I knew and the higher-ups of my company knew that I was planning on leaving the following year. So when I joined Fizzle, it was just a twinkle of an idea that I knew I was leaving my job. I also knew that I was going to be traveling full-time. So my husband and I downsized our home. We sold both our cars and we moved our cat and a small amount of our belongings into a converted box truck. And we lived on the road for a little over two years in that vehicle. And I never knew how that was going to turn out, but I knew that, okay, I've been in a corporate position for 12 years before that. I just always had a steady paycheck. I always worked for someone else. And I just had this urge to make something of my own. I will say, and I hear this a lot, that I wasn't the eight-year-old selling lemonade or like, I always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur. That's not my backstory. But I knew I just had this inner urge. I wanted to try something different and it absolutely had to be remote. And that was the very first time in my life that I was even considering working remotely. And the first time in your life that you were building a business on your own. Yes. (laughs) In this managerial position that you had for a chain of successful cafes, you were very close to the founder 
Mm-hmm. So you, you got to kind of absorb a little bit of what it was like to run an ongoing business. Oh, absolutely. Something that had been off the ground for a while, but you didn't necessarily see like the beginnings and what it was like to start it. Absolutely. And also I had zero experience in content creation and just looking towards you and Chase and staff at the time who had podcasts and blogs and were helping people that way. Like I was taking in that kind of content, but I had never created it. And I was very interested in learning more and Fizzle quickly became a home for me. Okay. So you're leaving your life behind. Yeah. So dramatic. <laughs> it is dramatic and it's, it's scary. I can't imagine how scary this whole thing was. You're leaving your life as you know it behind. You're moving into a vehicle that you can like live out of. You are planning to start a business. This business has to be remote and you think that content is going to be involved in some way. And you've never done that before. Mm-mm. No, I also didn't know what imposter syndrome was. So I, <laughs> I learned that through this process very quickly. Really looking back, even though I was going through the work at Fizzle and I was building the blog slowly and I was getting coached, like I was paralyzed internally. And it, I think that I might not have understood myself and my anxiety and what I needed to do to really take care of myself if I hadn't left a corporate position. Because there's just this thing about being on a big team. And I don't know, even though I had so many responsibilities, there was just so many other people to turn to as well. And honestly, I've just... I had nowhere to hide anymore when it was just me. Tell me about the lifestyle changes because that's a big part of this. You want to start a business mostly to support this new way that you want to live, right? And so was this something you had always wanted to do? Was this something that you and your husband worked towards for a long time? Like what was the big lifestyle change and what brought that about? Well, we knew we wanted to travel as a lifestyle rather than just traveling when I had time off. I was really lucky that I had a great company where I had taken two sabbaticals. And one thing we noticed, so I'd taken two months off at a time for us to travel. And my husband would actually say like, your face changes. Like when you're away from that job for that long, like the tension just comes out of your face and you're more present. And so even though van life ended up being much harder than we expected, which is normal, we were looking for that sort of freedom He was overworked. He's self-employed musician. He was overworked being self-employed. I was overworked in my company and we just took a clean break and we moved. So we moved across Canada to a more temperate climate. And it was so fun to have, even though it was so hard, it was so fun to have such a big challenge to do together. It really gave us something to rally around and to charge forward and to make lots of decisions together. And we're a little dramatic. We like trying new things and like it just felt right at the time. Did you ever either second guess before, did you get cold feet at all? Or afterwards, did you have any like, oh my God, what did we do? Moments. (laughs) Okay, so we have not before. I was really, really close with my company, with my coworkers and with my bosses. Like it was like, breaking up with my family. And I was literally moving away from my blood family. So having something exciting at the, you know, as the carrot dangling didn't give me any regrets coming up to it. We definitely had some van life moments afterwards that were like, oh my goodness, what are we doing? I can't get into them here, but there were definitely a couple, but never anything that was like, we need to stop this right away. Like it was always just a, you know, something came up that we had to work through. 
And we should mention for people listening to this, in the show notes, we'll have over at fizzleshow.co. This is episode number 375. There have been some incredible videos and articles about your journey. So if you guys are curious listening to this, like what is van life all about and what is Jen all about? Because <laughs> there's some behind the scenes stuff and Mark as well. You can check those out at the show notes and there's a couple that are like really high quality pieces. So we'll have those. Okay. So you're living in a box van, box truck converted and traveling as one does, (laughs) as one does with a cat and traveling across Canada. So this whole entrepreneurship thing had a lot of constraints on it. You had to be able to do something that you could run from anywhere. And did you have like any time limitations? Were you trying not to work full time? Like what was your situation there? Yeah, so I look at my runway less that I had savings to spend and more that I was allowing myself to work part-time while I worked on Clear Your Life, which wasn't even called that back then. So funny. So going from management for over a decade to being like a part-time casual server at a ski hill, I felt like I was on vacation even though I was getting paid because I wasn't in charge of anyone. I didn't have to answer any calls. I could just show up in like a big part of... I love people. And so just being able to serve people freely, uh, that was actually how I was making my money in the beginning. And, you know, everyone comes into this differently. Like I'm sure that someone else might have started monetizing just something more entrepreneurial right away. But for me, it just felt really good that I could work part-time or less. We had way less overhead. I didn't need a lot of money. And that was kind of the point of it too. We just like, we just needed to step away from that from all the expectations and and everything, just the weight of life at a certain point. Yes. So that's a great way of putting it. And life felt very light at the time and it was exciting and new. And so that was when I really had the headspace to start building up my blog and building my first website. And that was when Clear Your Life, which was genreo.com was born. And so we should tell people, and we'll get into the details of this in a bit, but your business now is around home organizing, helping people make sense of the chaos that they might have of physical possessions at home. But when you first got started, like what direction did you think you were going to go? When I first started, I was really focused only on decluttering. And that was what I was writing about in my blogs. And then I slowly branched a bit into simple living and minimalism as well. So I wasn't putting out any products at that time or services, to be honest, but I was, what's it called? Cutting my teeth, blog writing and learning from the Fizzle team back then about how to write a blog that actually matters. And I know inside of Fizzle, a lot of times we are very focused on the online components and we don't have a lot of things that are aimed at people doing in-person businesses. But we have quite a few people who do that. And every physical in-person business these days has some sort of online component and they can be very useful. But you were traveling for a while and probably thinking that you were just going to make content and then create digital products of some sort. Definitely. I was thinking group coaching and courses and programs. So everything delivered online. And I posted my first blog post in April of 2018. And I had my first online client in October of 2018. 
I tried my hand at launching a group program. And honestly, I look back at it now and it was truly just imposter syndrome. I had a little lineup of women almost ready. And like when it came to me really showing them the value because they had put their hand up that they were interested and I just wasn't ready. That's how I word it because we don't want to live with regret, but I just wasn't quite ready then for whatever reason. Yeah. And I think that's a completely normal part of this. You know, even when in online business, we launch something and it doesn't work out. And this is the thing, right? Like there is so much apprehension when you're thinking about launching a program because maybe you don't feel ready, but you feel like you need to do it because it's part of the process. But even if it doesn't go the way that you wanted to, there's still so much value in that. Even if it just lets you know that you weren't ready or that your audience wasn't ready and the learning process of going through what it's like to create a digital product or try to sell a group coaching thing or whatever, you learn a lot from that. Where there's some, besides feeling like, okay, looking back, you weren't ready, but at the time or shortly after, were there any like lessons that you learned from trying to launch something that didn't really work out like you hoped? Yes. And that is what has led me back around to feeling a lot more confident with what I'm doing. But it was that I was trying to build things that mimic how other people had succeeded. And I didn't realize that at the time, but it just felt like, okay, if I follow this set of steps, like then I'm going to have success. You know, okay. And if I follow these rules, then it will work. But in 2019, and that's when I joined the Fizzle team two years ago. So late 2018. And in 2019, I started working on the Fizzle team and I was having more responsibilities and I was gaining a lot of confidence and getting to write more and lead calls and facilitate calls. So that really boosted my confidence. But I had this thing bubbling in the back of my head. I didn't produce as much in 2019 for Clear Your Life as you know, I would have liked to, but I was working out internally that like, okay, I'm creating something that isn't totally me. And like in retrospect, like that will never work. If like, if you build something that's just meant to look a certain way, like that's the whole point of building your own thing, right? It's supposed to be yours. And so it's so funny. I kept screenshots from one of my dear internet friends from California and we were going back and forth and I was saying, you know, I think I want to help people know that like they can clear their lives with journaling and meditation. And I think I need to start talking a bit more about like the seasons. And honestly, I just had to simmer on that for a little while. But once I really owned that and started producing content that was more driven by what I really wanted to talk about and things that have worked for me in my life. And then it all kind of came together in this intentional organizing umbrella that has really been so much easier to make content for and to define how I actually help people. And this is part of the journey that I think everyone goes through. What you're describing to me is you were finding your voice and figuring out who your people were and where that intersection lies. So who is Jen and what do you want to help with and who are you going to help? And you can't expect to be able to rush that sometimes. I think when you do try to rush it, the shortcut that most of us take is exactly what you described. We look to other people that exist out there already and we say, oh, looks like that person has it figured out. I would love to be as successful as they are. So let me just like mimic them a little bit. Let me kind of do what they've done. But you're not really doing what they did. You are just kind of putting some paint on the walls to look like you have the same, you know, experience that they had. 
but the words that are coming out and that the way that you're connecting with your potential audience is just falling flat, right? Because you're not really speaking from the heart. Absolutely. And so for me, it was March of 2019. I had taken the first little bit of the year to just kind of simmer on these new ideas. And I knew I was being pulled in a certain direction. But I, again, tried to launch a group program that didn't include any of like enough of that sort of true to me elements. And like we just said, it was such good practice. I went through it. I did not end up launching a group program. So that was twice. And and again, I had to say, okay, I'm not a failure. This is all learning. You know, this is all data to move forward with. And then I did a workshop in June of 2019 and really started to show up more online and to show up more as myself. And then, so it's funny that you said the thing about the pieces that were done on Mark and I's life. So we were on some pretty big YouTube channels and we were also interviewed and recorded for the CBC, which is a huge platform in Canada. That was my first in-person client, the woman that interviewed us. The producer of that show. Yes. And I I hadn't thought about working one-on-one with clients in person before, but afterwards she was like, how do you keep that small space like that? I love it. And she was just complimenting me and she's like, said that, you know, she would love some help. And I said, well, actually, I do do that. And so it was one of those moments that it just came up really organically. Just sort of serendipitous. So we've talked about, you know, you are trying to be someone else. You're trying to go through the motions and see how it goes and things aren't exactly going your way. But at the same time, like you're making things, you're learning, you're growing, and some things were going your way. What are some of the things that you learned and some of the successes that you had along the way? Things that you look back over those first two or three years and think like, I'm glad that happened or whatever. My biggest milestone, and I think it's been talked about on the Fizzle show before, but Three months after I very started my blog, I was featured on Becoming Minimalist. So that was my first big hit of traffic to my website. And this is a really big blog in the minimalist space, one of the biggest. Really big. Yeah, absolutely. And my email list went from seven people to like 270 people. And that that was it. That was like the first bit of fuel to the fire. Doesn't that feel amazing, by the way? Do you remember that week? I, I remember- Oh my gosh, I remember the exact moment. Yeah, explain that. Like, what, what's that like when all of a sudden you're like, wait, are these numbers real on my on my analytics or whatever? Yeah, I, you just realize that anything's possible in these moments because I got an email. It said, you have a new ping back for your simple, like my the blog post was about simple living. And I had gotten ping backs before, but they were usually spammy. And then I looked down and it said, becoming minimalist. And I just burst out crying. It was just such a special moment of recognition. And then there were so many comments on that blog post. And I really got a feel for people responding to my writing and responding to what I had to say. So it was a really big boost. And that was, without a doubt, the most epic first milestone that I had. And was that something that you sought or did it just happen organically? A little bit of both. I had no idea it was going to end up on Becoming Minimalist, but I very respectfully shared it in a Facebook community. They actually don't allow links anymore. So I mean, the times are changing already, like even in just two years. But I wasn't posting my blogs all the time. And I said, hey, I wrote this post. It really means a lot to me. Check it out. And it had a good response there. It was like, oh, 30 people click. Like, wow, I'm, I'm really doing it. And, and then that's how it got picked up to be featured on the bigger site. And how many blogs? posted you written by that point? 
Seven. Seven. So this was number seven, lucky number seven. Mm -hmm. Lucky seven. That's awesome. We talk about sometimes that every piece of content you write is a bit of a lottery ticket. I mean, we hope all of them are going to be, you know, amazing and impactful and so on. But every time you write something, you never know where it's going to get picked up, how it's going to strike a chord. And I know going viral is this like kind of meaningless term that everybody talks about. But when you look at for every content producer, at some point, you will have some piece that is a home run. You know, you your life as a content producer is just trying to get on base, hit those singles, you know. And every once in a while, you just connect and it feels so good and you get such a boost. You reach a new level every time that happens, but you have to put the things out there to have the chances. You have to take the swings in order to have the opportunities. And you're lucky that it happened seven pieces in. A lot of people end up having to wait 50 or something for that opportunity. Right. And looking back on it now too, even with all those like singles that I hit, so, you know, the blog posts that I wrote that didn't, you know, get shown to thousands and thousands of people like that one did, what those consistent pieces of content that I put out with and also really tapping into what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it, it gave me a body of work that I was then able. So in this year, my focus has been on guest posting and I've been able to reach a lot of much larger audiences than mine by writing for really kind other blog owners. And we have a really good relationship now. And that's been huge. It's been a huge boost for my email list and also for the traffic to my own site and just my credibility. Looking back, how much of this the past few years has been about learning like techniques and technologies and all that kind of stuff versus just gaining confidence and believing in yourself? Such a great question, Corbett. I think the mindset and confidence, I learned the skills pretty early on, like even looking at my first, like my seventh blog post, right, that I ever wrote. Like I wasn't a writer before this, but looking at that post that long ago, because I had such great education and support from Fizzle, I came out of the gates writing well and growing my skills is always a part of it. But definitely when I look back, it's mindset and confidence is such a big piece of it. And I see it with fizzlers too. I see super, super talented people just wanting to be told what to do, not believing and making their own choices or not believing that they can make their own choices. And so we just got to keep showing up because as you gain that confidence, that's when everything starts to change. And if you want people to follow you, if you want people to listen to you, you have to be a leader. If you don't believe in yourself as a leader, then it's hard to get other people to do that. Right. Which is so funny because I left a leadership position and it's just you go online and you're like, oh, I'm in this whole new world now. Like I don't, I'm starting from scratch. And I think that if there's one thing I could change going back, I would tell Jen from 2018, you're not starting from scratch. You have a whole life of experience and skills and relationship building techniques. Like you have so, so much. It's okay that you haven't done it online before, but like take what you've already built in your life and start there. Don't think that you're at ground zero because it's really not. It feels like it, but it's not. So here you are, you have been growing your email list. The plan is basically to grow your audience, build an email list, sell digital products. You've had some success with some online consultations, some workshops. You've had a couple of attempts that didn't go the way that you wanted to. And now suddenly someone reaches out and says, could you help me in person? So you were somewhat settled by this point, right? You were living already out in the BC province. 
Yes, and this actually took place when we had traveled back across Canada, back to Ottawa, where we had moved from. So we were still in the box truck, but we were house-sitting. We were there for, I think, seven weeks. We were there for quite a while. So I definitely had the time to make this one-on-one session happen. And I'm so glad I did. It was such a light bulb moment. After the three hours was up, I went home and I saw Mark and I was just... I, again, I could, I'm very emotional, everyone. I don't know if you know this about me, but I, I could have cried. I was just so thrilled to actually be tangibly seen. It was everything I was trying to help people do online, but not being able to be there with them, getting to be in their space and touch their things with them and to offer the emotional support that they needed. And I realized right away, I was like, I want to do both. I'm still going online. I know I have so much to offer, but I think that working one-on-one with people is going to actually fuel my online efforts because it's going to connect me more to the problems that I'm solving and to the people that need my help. And I totally undercharged. I should have charged five times as much as I did, but I, on a, ugh, it didn't matter. It didn't matter. And you were learning from that. And that was one client. But that's, you know, I think everybody undercharges in the beginning. So whether you're talking about in person or even just online, those one-on-one sessions are so valuable to us as entrepreneurs, even if you're planning to like create some mega, you know, product that reaches 10,000 people, some digital experience without having those one-on-one sessions or those small group sessions, it's so hard to know really how you're going to help people because you just don't get the questions, you know, things are different in your mind than they are in other people's minds. So that gave you a boost. It felt like, okay, I can really help people. I have some valuable skills that I can deliver and gave you this new direction that, you know, online's cool, but you also just felt so invigorated that you decided you wanted to do in-person consultations as well. Correct. Once we traveled back across Canada, we've settled in a beautiful mountain town called Squamish, BC. And Mark and I know that this is home right now, even while well, COVID is a whole other story, but travel. We still live on wheels and we still are able to move around as we please. But in terms of building an in-person business, I do have a region that I can focus on. So that was really exciting. So that was last September 2019. But then I went to India for a couple of months. So I just kind of had to sit on it for a bit. And then it was sort of January 2020. I kept building my online presence, but I also started to do the back end, the slow work of building building a online presence in terms of my local community in Squamish and then also networking. So that was the first two months, only two months before COVID happened. I remember we talked quite a bit about this transition. You had to narrow your focus because here you were a couple of years into building this online presence and an email list that was focused on anyone anywhere in the world. And you still have that going on. But if you want to get local clients, you need to have some sort of local presence. And that takes a a shift in mindset and learning some of the techniques and tools that you can use to build that local presence, right? And we should not bury the lead here. We got to let people know, like you landed some clients recently. You've got this amazing long-term contract that's really fueling you. You've had other consultations recently and things have just dramatically changed for you in 2020, which is super exciting. I think you said, maybe I can toot your horn for you for a second. You said something like, I am going to earn more money this year than I have in the past two or something like that recently or... I earned more money this week than I did in the past two. Years. Yes, years. 
So all that work, all those like digital consultations, in-person consultations, everything else, you sign this contract and it's like, it blows away all of that work. And now you see what's possible. And this is just, this is what you've been working towards. Yep. That feels great. That's exciting. I wanted to mention that just so people have context, but in the beginning of the year, you're out there networking and you're starting to build your local profile, but it doesn't necessarily happen right away. And we had this little thing called a global pandemic that probably slowed down your ability to do in-person work a little bit. But now that people are coming out of that, those seeds that you planted early on in the year are starting to pay off. In fact, before we started recording, I just typed in my trusty Google here, Squamish BC or organizer and you came up first and there are five-star reviews there. So people are starting to find you online for offline work. And that's amazing. It feels so good. And not just anyone finding me online. I can safely say that who I'm working with right now, they are dream clients. They tick every box that I want of the kind of person I want to work with and helping them make this dramatic change in their home has been the most rewarding piece in a long time, especially coming out of the pandemic. I'm really lucky. Like our cases are going up slightly in BC, but we're still work-wise, we're in a pretty safe environment, which I'm so so grateful for. But yeah, all I mean, I, I meet with Corbett every two weeks and always give a little clear your life update. And I know that in the spring, I said, you know, okay, I did my SEO. I'm making sure that I'm working on my domain ranking. And it just feels like I'm doing all this computer work. I know I will see the results, but I'm in that funny phase right now where I'm just not seeing it, but I got to keep doing it. And now I'm finally on the other side because when people reach out for a consultation, I ask where they found me. And so far, everyone, it's been from Google. And that's good to know. Like in the beginning, you don't know which site do I need to be on? Where do I need to focus my efforts? And of course, for service providers in the long term, half or more of your business is likely to come from referrals. So you just have to get that engine started. Once you have clients, those clients likely have other friends who are in similar situations and willing and able to hire someone like you to help out with similar problems. So this will snowball. It's just going to take a while to do that. It's all about patience, everyone. Like as hard as it can feel sometimes, as long as you don't quit, you can't fail. And not like throwing wild spaghetti at the wall. Like obviously there's some structure to it, but just keep taking those small steps forward and believe in yourself. And what I love now is I know that the online, I'm working on my next course because I did deliver a digital product in this past spring when we were still in lockdown. So I had my first successful launch in selling a digital product. I'm working on a course coming up this fall and the work that I'm doing with my in-person clients is speaking so much to how I shape how I'm going to help people online as well. And just the way that you speak about your problem domain is going to have so much more authority, the more experience that you gain, right? You just, you'll have that sort of quiet confidence that comes from someone who has been in the trenches and has seen how these different approaches have helped your clients achieve their goals and become happier, more well-adjusted people who aren't living under a cloud of clutter at home. Love it. Any other like thoughts for people listening to this? When we talk about the difference between offline and online, when we talk about the journey that you've gone through, is there anything else that you'd want people to be left with? 
yes, you are allowed to change your mind and you are allowed to grow your business however you want. So I could have last year said, okay, well, I got a one-on-one opportunity, but oh, I can't do that. Like I'm building an online business, but I just stayed fluid and adaptable with it. And I'm so glad that I did. I am choosing to build both. I mean, some people in my shoes right now would maybe go to only in person, but definitely, you know, you get to decide. So really like, what is it that you want to do? Like get help, get coaching, take the courses, take the programs. But at the core of it, like when you're building your own thing, it's about what you want to do. Like that's where the magic lies. I really believe it more than ever now. How important has it been to you to have other people you know, in the Fizzle audience, people that you now are helping facilitate, how important has it been to see other people making progress and just feeling like you're not alone? Oh, it's everything. We always tell people it can get lonely. Make sure you're a part of the community, but you can get lonely without realizing it. And you can also think that you're the only one having these problems and it's just simply not true. And it's so <laughs> so funny to me sometimes to see some fizzlers faces when I tell them like, oh my gosh, I doubt myself all the time. And they look to me now, they're like, oh my gosh, really? She does. I'm like, oh, you have no idea. Like, yes, you know, we're all in this. And honestly, Corbett, that's why I love when you're so honest about your journey as well. And that's what I love so much about Fizzle. It's not like, hey, everyone, like follow our roadmap and everything will be perfect. It's like, no, it's hard sometimes. And you need to be able to say that and be okay with talking about it. Well, also not plateauing and fizzling out, I guess would be the words we could use. That's exactly why we called it Fizzle, because the sad (laughs) truth is, Most small businesses do end up fizzling out and sometimes it just takes feeling like what you're trying to do is possible by seeing other people that are making a little bit of progress week after week. And we know from these Fizzle Friday calls that we started this episode talking about that it may be a year or two or three before you finally get to some level of success that you feel like is worth it all. But looking back, you know, sometimes you can look back on those struggle years and realize the growth that you were going through that maybe wasn't evident in the metrics and the clients and all that kind of stuff, but the personal growth that you were going through and that you really end up being just a completely different, much more self-aware person at the end of that entrepreneurial journey. And that's why it's such an incredible thing that it's not just about the money. It's not just about the freedom. It's also about the personal growth, to me at least. Yes. Mic drop. (laughs) Jen, thank you so much for being on today. I didn't intend to put you on the spot as much as we did, but you played along nicely. I'm a Gemini. I love talking about myself. Don't worry. (laughs) It's no problem at all. Perfect. For everyone listening to this, if you want more from Jen, you can tune in. She hosts Fizzle Friday calls along with me. We trade off. And if you are a Fizzle member, which you can join and get your first month for a dollar by heading over to fizzle.co. If you're a Fizzle member, we hope please just come to a Fizzle Friday. You don't have to participate your first time. You can sit and watch for the first like several weeks or month or year if you want to. We've had some people who have kind of lurked in the shadows until they feel like they finally have something to say or something that they really need help with. And sometimes in the beginning, it's just all about absorbing and watching and tuning into what other people are up to. So check that out if you haven't been a Fizzle member before, or if you were a long time ago, we love seeing people come back when your life situation changes or your needs change or your availability changes. With that, as always, you can find show notes to this episode over at fizzleshow.co. This was episode 375. 
Thanks to Jen Rayo for joining us. And I'm Corbett Barr. And until next time, thanks for listening to The Fizzle Show.